I'll be reading from Luke chapter 2, verse 13 through 14. Suddenly a great company with the heavenly host appeared, with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of the incense and of mirth. And having been warned warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Um, could I have, Dean, would you mind doing this for me? Would you mind uh, bringing me a cup of water? Julie and I are both fighting something. I am taking decongestants and it's drying me out and I know I'll probably need something like that uh, before I'm done here this morning. Um, Julie and I had the privilege last night. We went to a birthed um, and uh, participated in, what did he call that? Southern Gospel Night. Steve Desmond uh, did a concert last night. Oh, wow, what a great worship experience that was. Um, I'm, he tries to do it every year and so you, if you get an opportunity... Uh, you might want to check that out next year. It was uh, just a wonderful, wonderful evening. And thank you, Omar and Crystal, for reading the scripture this morning. Um, I want to begin this morning by having you view um, this recreation of an incident that took place in 1914 on the battlefield in France. And if you could bring that up for me right now, please. That's encouraging. to lower the lights if we could please So sad. 
It all began with worship. It always chokes me up. That whole trench warfare thing was horrible. Worship makes a difference even on a blood-soaked battlefield. A song at Christmas, a song praising God for the gift of his Son, A song of worship caused enemies to lay down their arms, extend hands of friendship, and share what they had with one another. A truce between people at war, if only for a short time. Worship works wonders. And did you know the Christmas story is infused with worship? And I want to... I want to consider worship this morning as a gift given to God on that first Christmas. And it seems natural that it should be that way because God made us to worship. God made us to worship. Mankind was created with a desire to worship. And because of that, we all worship someone or something. I'm going to read you up. A passage of scripture from 1 John that may not seem to relate right at first, but I I want to tie it in with with what I was just talking about. Uh, Man was created to worship, and because of that, we all worship someone or something. It says, don't love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Everything that is in the world, the craving for whatever the body feels... 
the craving for whatever the eyes see, and the arrogant pride in one's possessions is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And I think it's safe to say, without taking liberties with that scripture, that we worship the thing or things we love. And for many, their worship is giving to something of this world and not God. On the other hand, we cannot truly worship God unless we love Him. And we see examples all the time of people who worship pleasure, possessions, power, fame, wealth, nature, celebrities, athletes, even their own bodies, and the list goes on. And worshiping anyone or anything other than God will ultimately disappoint us. Because all those things I just listed for you are, are idols. If it comes before God, it's an idol. And in Psalm 97 verse 7, it tells us, All who worship images are put to shame. In Psalm 106 verse 36, it says, They worship their idols which became a snare to them. And then there's a passage in Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 10, and I want to give you a little background before I read the scripture because it won't really make sense unless I do. Um, God has told Jeremiah, I want you to do a little object lesson for my people that you're prophesying to. So he had him go out and buy a linen belt and go to this place and bury that linen belt. And then after a time, he had Jeremiah go and dig that linen belt up again. And uh, the linen belt was, you know, it had been in the ground, it was deteriorating. And then we read this scripture, Jeremiah 13.10. These wicked people who refuse to listen to my words, who follow the stubbornness of their hearts and go after other gods to serve them and worship them, will be like this belt, that deteriorated linen belt, Jeremiah says, completely useless. To worship anyone but God will ultimately be disappointing, unfulfilling. It leaves us empty. And folks, it is sin. It is sin. Well, worship was one of the gifts given on that first Christmas. And uh, some of the scriptures that were read today by Omar and Crystal give us insight to that. But I want to step back for a minute. Do you know Mary worshipped that first Christmas by giving herself as an instrument for God's use? She said in Luke chapter 1 verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be it to me be fulfilled. And then it says the angel left her. The Apostle Paul had not yet written Romans, but Mary was offering herself true to the Scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. She was offering herself as a living sacrifice. And that verse says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And here's the key part. This is your spiritual act of worship. Mary was worshiping God by offering herself for His use 
on that first Christmas. Joseph. Joseph worshipped through his obedience. Remember, he, he's discovered that, that Mary is pregnant, and, and I explained a little bit last week about the, the, the Jewish marriage tradition at that time. There was a time of betrothal when legally they were married to each other, but they, hadn't, they didn't live together yet. They, they had not consummated the marriage. And then Joseph finds out, Mary's pregnant, and I know it wasn't me. And of course, you know, we know the first thing that would come to his mind. And, and because uh, of the kind of man he was, you know, it could, there could have been some serious consequences for Mary, but he didn't want that to happen. He was going to, the, the scripture says, divorce her quietly, not in a public way. He didn't want to embarrass her. And while he's considering all this, the angel comes to him. And said, Mary, uh, said, Joseph, what's happened in Mary's body? Her pregnancy is due to the work of the Holy Spirit in her. And in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, we find this. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Joseph worshipped God through his obedience. See, that which pleases, honors, or brings glory to God is worship. And obedience is certainly that. The angels worshipped in song. And that was read to us this morning, but I want to read it again. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on our, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, maybe I am taking a little liberty here because it says the angels said, but we always say the angels sang, don't, don't we? And uh, I'll, um, I'll share with you some other scriptures in a few moments that talk about pray, song as praises. So, Let's leave that one there. But that's not the only place in, in the Christmas story where there was song. Mary sang after the angel made the announcement to her. And it's a rather lengthy uh, passage of Scripture. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 45. And usually the title at the top of that is Mary's Song. That was her response. That was... Besides the obedience was her, her worship response to what God told her would be happening. And this song comes out from her. Um, her cousin Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, um, when, well, he didn't believe God right at first, so, you know, God zipped his lip for a while. But um, when John was born and... Zechariah breaks out in song too. And you can read that in Luke chapter 1 verses 68 through 79. And I think it's called Zechariah's song. There was song, worship in song at that first Christmas. The shepherds. And Scott read us that portion of scripture this morning and, and we, we heard it again from Omar. 
The shepherds worship by sharing the good news. When they, had, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all the, uh, by the way, it says all who heard them were amazed by what the shepherds told them. And it goes on to say, that wasn't enough. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told God had done this incredible thing. You know, um, the people of Israel had long been expecting a Messiah. And they'd waited and waited and waited, and God had been silent for some 400 years, and there had been people throughout the history of, of um Israel that had kind of risen and proclaimed themselves as Messiah only well, to disappoint everybody because none of them really were. And you kind of wonder, well, how did the shepherds know? Well, I think this was the first time anybody came with an angelic message to say, hey, this is the one. And he's in Bethlehem. Maybe in a little unexpected place for the Messiah to come. He's in a stable in a manger, but that's where you'll find him. And they went, and they saw, and they left there, and they had to tell everybody they, they, they encountered. The Messiah has come. Finally. Praise God. Can't you see him? I mean, it says they returned glorifying and praising God. I, just, I could just see them. When you... Maybe they were doing this. I don't know. Maybe they drug their feet. Who wants to hurry back to the sheep? I... And then the Magi, they worshipped by giving. Remember, they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, bowed down and worshipped him, and then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And folks, these were valuable gifts. Can you imagine what was going through the minds of Mary and Joseph at that point? I mean, this is some time after Jesus had been born. And these guys show up at your house. <laughs> Thanks for the gifts, by the way. So, throughout that, the Christmas story, that first Christmas story, there's worship all over the place. And it's in different forms. And our worship of God takes many forms. Certainly there's the music of song. And uh, I, I think when we, when we think about worship, that's very often the first thing that comes to our minds is song. Uh, we have a tendency to talk about, you know, the worship portion of our service is the singing portion. That's not really true, but that's kind of the thinking that we've gotten into. And, boy, especially if you read the Psalms, you'll find worship in song all over the place. I mean, I looked, I was going through, I went to um, 
the concordance, and I looked this up, and I just looked in the book of Psalms, and I had a list of scriptures about this long, and I'm just going to share one with you this morning. It's Psalm 68, verse 4, and it says this, Sing to God, sing in praise of His name, extol Him who rides on the cloud, rejoice before Him, His name is the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And the great thing about music, whether it's in song or instrument, is music has a way of touching people's hearts in, in ways that other things don't. Which brings me to the music of instruments. And aren't you grateful for the instruments that our folks play as they lead us in the worship of music? In Psalm 150, verses 3 through 5, it says, Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him. Boy, they must have liked cymbals because they mentioned them twice. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. There's all kinds of instruments Listed there, and I'm sure if things like the keyboard and piano had been invented by then, they would be in the list. And Gary's electric bass. And Mike's acoustic guitar. Praise him with all those things. And don't you love the instruments? Uh, you know, um, we don't do it very often, but I, I love it when in the, uh, we're doing the music portion of our worship service when sometimes the singing stops and the instruments play. That's kind of what's special about our, our um, preludes and, and sometimes the, the piano or instrumental music that, you know, there's singing's great, but sometimes there's no singing. It's just the sound of the instruments. It's praise unto the Lord. We praise the Lord through demonstration. Now, I, uh, my early days were in this. My, my dad's people are Southern. I want to put this in a way that's not disrespectful, but I remember some pretty wild church services. You know, people running up and down the aisles and shouting and waving hankies. And we're a little more reserved than that generally out west here. I didn't hear all that, but that's okay. I'm half deaf anyway. But I was thinking about that. Remember what the first thing the Magi did when they found him? It says they, they did what and worshipped him. They bowed down. They bowed down. And in Psalm 95, 6, it reinforces that. It says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Why? Because it's a sign of humility and reverence before God. How about raising your hands? 
Psalm 63, 4, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. To lift our hands to God is to acknowledge his majesty and power and our need of him. If you, and now in a number of the psalms where it talks about hands lifted up, the psalmist talks about hands lifted up in supplication. God, I need you. I'm asking of you. That would be, yes. And I see bowing down as that too before God. Clap your hands. Psalm 47.1, clap your hands, all you nations, shout, to, shout with cries of joy to God. And that is, that's the only something we do joyfully and in celebration. We clap our hands. So we, we worship God with the demonstration of our bodies. We worship God by giving. And certainly, we, again, we, see, we saw that with what the, the Magi did in the bringing of their gifts. And we have the opportunity to give to God our resources, our time, our talent. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. So when we bring those gifts to him, it's an act of worship. Proclamation. That's what the shepherds were doing. The Messiah is here. Hebrews 13:15 Through Jesus therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that profess his name How about God bless you How about God's good Just simple things that Speak to people of your recognition of of God in your life and in our world. And I trust that beyond that, there might be other opportunities for you to proclaim the name of God. As you maybe enter into conversation with someone, let's talk about Christmas and what it means. We serve God, excuse me, we praise God, we worship God through our service. Hebrews thirteen sixteen, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. That's kind of that ties into the offering ourselves one. Um, one thing we used to do on the, when we passed it on the coast, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, is we would set aside a time just to go out and serve our community. And we would go to community, we'd go to the school district, we'd go to the city council, we'd go uh, to um, the, I love it when my mind goes blank, <laughs> county commissioners, there we go. And we'd say, you know, a lot, of, a lot of government entities have 
It's like we just don't have money to do the things we used to do. And so we would, when we would offer our hands and feet, they were thrilled. We could do jobs that might have been put on the shelf for who knows how long. I remember one time on, on the coast we had uh, sloughs, you know, these things that would fill up with water when the tide was in and kind of drain out mostly when the tide was out. And they had these uh, boardwalk overlook things where you could walk out and, you know, if there were salmon coming up or the birds, you know, and, and you know, trails and there'd be these places you could get off the trail and walk. And these things were unpainted and... It rains a lot on the coast, and the weather's lousy a lot, and they needed painting. And one year, they gave us this redwood stain-looking kind of stuff, and we went out. And Man, were they, they loved it. Who knows how long it would have been before they'd have gotten to that. And I think that honored God. You know... Um, I know this. It had a positive impact on the way the community viewed our church. Service as worship unto God and, and certainly offering ourselves as Mary did for God's use. Here I am, Lord, use me. And listen, folks, no matter what form of worship we participate in, it has to come from the heart. It's got to come from our hearts. Jesus in Matthew 15 verses 8 and 9 quotes Isaiah 23 verse 19 and he says this, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. And then the last part of that, that verse says their teachings are but rules taught by men. But there's the connection But their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Folks, if it's not coming from our heart, it means nothing. And I don't care what what external form worship takes. You might look great. You can fall on your face. You can sing at the top of your lungs. You can play that bass till the strings break. But if it's not coming from the heart, it means nothing. Again, Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 23, Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And again, that, that relates to our worship coming from our hearts, from inside of us. That's where the spirit is. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Let me, just, just to kind of make that connection more clear, let me tell you what the Beacon Bible Dictionary says about the heart. The heart in Scripture embraces the whole inner man, including motives, feelings, affections, desires, the will, the thoughts, and the intellect. It is personal and spiritual, the center of moral and intellectual consciousness and decisions. And folks, that's it. We worship God with all those things that are the internal who we are. Again, what the outward does in worship means nothing if we are not 
worshiping inwardly in spirit and truth from the heart. So what's our takeaway today? Well, you heard it in the last part of that verse I read in John chapter 4. See, God still seeks worshipers. Let me read it for you again. But the time is coming and is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Here's the key. The Father looks for those who worship him this way. God still seeks worshipers. Amen? You're going to be a worshiper this Christmas? Is it going to be obvious enough that other people are kind of going to look at you and say, what's that all about? Now, ushers, if you could prepare and come. In response this morning, we are going to worship the Lord by giving of our tithes and our offerings. And if you would go ahead and come forward. Father, it all belongs to you. Everything we have comes from you. We remember, especially in this season of Advent, the greatest gift ever given. Paul said it was indescribable. And that is Jesus, your son, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord God, as we give back to you this morning, just a portion of that that you've blessed us with, we do it as an act of worship, with gratitude, with joy, seeking to honor you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, that fits so well. I want to close by worshiping in song. My only concern is I'm going to try to get you started. And I hope I get it in the right octave or key or whatever. So, we all know, Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Christ the Lord will give Him all the glory. Will give Him all the glory. Will give Him all the glory. Christ the Lord, for He alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy, for he alone is worthy, Christ the Lord. Thank you for worshiping with me today, for worshiping together. Grace and peace, God bless you as you go this morning. You are dismissed.